Revelation chapter 8. As we journey through the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, Wednesday night, probably it'll be an empty service because nobody has a problem with their tongue, so we'll just go into the next chapter. I'll tell you, I love James because he hates gossip and so do I. Don't you be bringing that around here. So come out on Wednesday night to be rebuked (laughs) 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 or encouraged. (laughs) Today, Revelation 8. And when he opened up the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half hour. And I saw the seven angels who stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. And he was given much incense, and that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God, and from the angel's hand. And then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and earthquakes. And so the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. And the first angel sounded, and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood. And they were thrown to the earth, and the third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. And the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. And the sea became blood, and a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. And then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of the water. And the name of the star was Wormwood, and a third of the waters became as Wormwood, and many men died from the water because it was made bitter." And then the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars. And so that a third of them were darkened, and a third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. And when I looked, I heard an angel flying through the midst of the heavens, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because of the remaining blasts of the trumpets and of the three angels who were about to sound them. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again for your word and for this day and for children's ministry, Lord, those helping. And Father, that we can bring this message over the radio and the internet. And we ask, Lord, that you would encourage our hearts as we see your gracious judgment upon this Christ-rejecting world. And so, Lord, strengthen our hearts and encourage us in Jesus' name. Amen. How did we get here? Turn back one chapter. I want to set the stage because last chapter was a parenthesis, it was a pause, but before the pause, there was something interesting for us in verse 1. Revelation 7, 1. After these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, and that wind should not blow on the earth and on the sea or any tree. Last week we looked at these 144,000 and then we saw the multitudes coming to Christ. It was a little parenthesis. 
But it, it's easy to, to forget that verse as we go into chapter 8 because now we're in chapter 8 and what we have is complete silence, not only in heaven, but on earth. There is no wind blowing. And remember, we talked about wind is important for hydrology, for rain, for all kinds of things to go through. I mean, listen, without wind, L.A. would still be just covered in smog. And when they don't have any wind, it just hovers there. Uh, anybody from California? <laughs> you come over to the grapevine coming down into L.A., and it's like it's a cloud. But you're like, wow, it's a rainy day. No, it's smog. It's pollution. And without that wind pushing it out, they have bad air days, and they tell people to stay in. Now imagine that globally. No wind, no rain, nothing is happening. It is this calm. And so that takes us into verse 1, where now we see the seventh seal, which opens up the seven trumpets. And he said in verse 1, when, I, when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. Here we have this silence. Now, let me ask uh, those of you South Carolinians and us on the coast, how many of you have been through an, a hurricane here in Myrtle Beach? All right, but let me bring it narrower. Where the hurricane actually came over Myrtle Beach, not just skirting the area. Uh, years and years ago, Renee, I, I don't know when it was, uh, probably a couple of years just after we got here, I think it was Bonnie, came right up the coast and then right over Horry County, the eye of it. Boy, do you remember that? And it was the first one that we had gone through. Now, I want you to remember that it was a one, just a, just a little bitty thing, a one. And it was interesting because it was the first that we had gone through. My wife and I were from California. We're earthquake people. It shakes. You get thrown out of bed. You pick up and you go. What is with this eight to ten hour wind hell thing, right? And nightmare. And you don't want that at night because you can't sleep, right? It's just, uh, oh. But I remember it was during the day, and the eye of the storm literally came over Horry County. And so the storm was beaten there for a long time, and then the eye, and you could look up and you could see blue. But let me tell you, if you know anything about hurricanes, the backside of the hurricane is worse than the front side of the hurricane. Because, man, then did it get, ooh, <laughs> it was on. And I remember that calm, and it's eerie. You've got trash everywhere, rain. The streets are trying to cope with all the rain and everything. And now it's this weirdo calm. And then, literally, all hell breaks loose again. That's where we are in chapter 8, verse 1. But I want you to see what God is doing. Because even through this tribulation period, remember that the church is not here, don't worry, but plenty of people are coming to Christ during this time. God is giving the inhabitants, the earth dwellers, as Revelation calls them, an opportunity to come to Him. And He gives them an opportunity through the silence. How eerie would that be? We don't know the length of time that the wind has been turned off. We don't know that length of time. Was it weeks? Was it a couple of months? There's no wind. And all of a sudden, there is a great silence. 
There is a silence in heaven because whenever the Bible looks at heaven, there is always great noise in heaven. They're worshiping God. And now this great silence, which has never happened before, is now happening. It is, uh, uh uh-oh, are you ready for a what is about to come? And what has come before has already wiped out a quarter of the population of planet Earth. And now we're going to see huge amounts of destruction. Wait till we get to the bowl judgments. We will start to see millions and millions of people destroyed plus the planet. And so there was this silence, this lull before the storm. Again, before God's uh, God intensifies his judgment. He he is granting people the opportunity again through all of this to come to a saving knowledge of God. I don't want you to look at this as a believer and say, uh, God's cruel. God's not cruel. He gives them pauses through this whole event so that they would come to a saving knowledge. We know that they harden their hearts and say to the mountains, hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. Now in Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 7, it says, Hold thy peace. At the presence of the Lord, for the day of the Lord is at hand. Let me read a couple of verses, uh, more verses from Zephaniah, speaking of this time. Zephaniah 1, verse 14 through 18 says, The great day of the Lord is near. It is near, and it hastens quickly. The noise of the day of the Lord is bitter, and the mighty men shall cry out. And that day is a day of wrath a day of trouble and distress, a day of devastation and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet and alarm against the fortified cities and against the high towers. And I will bring distress upon men, and they shall walk like blind men because they have sinned against the Lord. And their blood shall be poured out like dust, and their flesh like refuge. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. You can't write a check to God. Now before in the the judgments, especially the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, we saw wealth was able to remove you from a lot of that, but not now. He says, but the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy, for he will make a speedy riddance of all those earth dwellers. That is Zephaniah. (laughs) He telling us what is happening here. And so when he opened up the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. By the way, we will be in heaven, and so just so everyone knows... When the, the clock on the wall starts saying, town, town, no one talk. Don't be like, what's this going on? We already went through it at Calvary. Shush. I don't know who they are, Lord. And I saw seven angels who stand before God. And to them were given seven trumpets. So again, during the silence, God is preparing these seven angels who were given seven trumpets. 
Now, trumpets to us are not a big deal, but to a Jew and a Roman, they're a big deal. At the writing of John, John knows exactly what trumpets mean. According to the the Old Testament, specifically in Numbers, trumpets were used in the children of Israel for three important reasons, three important uses. They were called, or they were blown to call God's people together. But they were also to announce a war. I don't know about you, but this is God's war against a Christ-rejecting world. But also to announce special times. But the trumpet was also sounded on Mount Sinai when the law was given. The word of God is about to appear. The Lamb of God is about to appear. And so uh, often, especially in the Roman world, the trumpet was used to herald the king is coming. The king is coming. Prepare the way of the king. And so they would know what trumpets were for. Also, do you remember trumpets were used in a small town called Jericho? And it was for the destruction of that city. And so God will use these mighty trumpets. So before we do that, the angel had a golden censer, verse 3. And he came and he stood at the altar. And he was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers, please note with me, of all the saints. Not just tribulation saints, but all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. By the way, I love the fact that when you're praying unto God that it goes before him, just because it's not answered in the way that you think. Remember, God answers prayer. Every prayer is answered. Yes, no, or wait. We hate that wait, don't we? Sometimes I just want it to be no, but he is. he says wait oftentimes because he is either preparing you or preparing the situation, or preparing somebody else. God answers all prayer, and it does come to this head here. And the smoke of that incense with the prayers, verse 4, of the saints ascending before God, before the angel's hand. (laughs) And then the angel took the censer, filled it with the fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth through our prayers. What's in there? Is it could... Could it be the prayer that we pray, even so, Lord Jesus, come? Lord, would you avenge those on the earth against the earth dwellers? What are these prayers? But this angel takes this censer, he fills it with the fire from the altar, and he throws it to the earth. I want you to note these trumpet blasts coming, because these are, look, let me just preface this. Everybody wants to read these and try to figure them out. But it's really simple. It all comes from God. It isn't a nuclear bomb that goes off and it's radiation or it's an algae bloom. or it's th- it, These are from God. It's from heaven down to earth. Amen? Don't try to figure it out with your little science. Because as we know, science is almost never right lately. They are batting, I don't know, 30. <laughs> so note when this sensor comes down, you have noises, thunderings, lightnings, and earthquakes. That's just getting the ball rolling. So imagine you have heard quiet. There has been no wind blowing. 
There is no rain going. It's been quiet. All of a sudden, there's a 30-minute silence. And the next thing that you hear or see is something supernatural coming out of the sky. Again, what is God trying to do? He is trying to get the earth dwellers' attention. And they know exactly where this wrath is coming from. So this is, in the midst of God's judgment, there is still mercy and grace. I hope that you see that. And he is still trying to get everybody's attention. God doesn't want, it. God says he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Do you know that? Would we agree that this time is the greatest amount of wickedness? Absolutely. Antichrist is here ruling and reigning. And God doesn't take pleasure in the death of the wicked. And so here we go. Fasten up. So, verse 6, the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. Now, isn't that kind of funny? You see these? I mean, are they... Are they are they practicing? You know how you do that with the trumpet? Uh, I don't think so. I think they've been prepared from the foundations of the world. These guys are like, Lord, can we do it yet? No, calm down. Can we do it yet? Calm down. You'll know. Your name will come on the board, and it'll go. Okay. <laughs> think about God preparing angels specifically for that. Now, the first angel, verse 7. The first angel sounded, and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth, and the third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. I'm going to read the first two, and then we'll come back and talk about them. Then the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became like blood, and a third of the living creatures on the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. So these first two, who notice, is it is coming from heaven down to earth. There is no mistake of where it is coming from, where the wrath of God is coming from. The first of them is pointed to the earth, the ground, the second to the sea. Why is that important? Now, remember when we were talking about wind? It was a fascinating science study last week on wind. All right, it was brief, but still, what wind does. Does anybody know what green trees and green grass and the ocean and how much they play into the environment that we live in? It's pretty amazing. And I think the average person has no idea uh, how important they are. So the first one, uh, it was mingled with uh, hail and fire. By the way, this is uh, reminiscent of one of the plagues in Egypt, right? I don't know about you. Uh, hail is um, interesting until it gets to a certain size and then it becomes destructive. But now imagine hail hitting the ground and bursting into flames. Not only that, but now it turns to blood. And don't think that it, it, it's some red <laughs> coloring food dye. It's blood. 
And when we get to the sea, it's actually going to be blood. In Egypt, the river was turned to blood. It was not a red algae bloom. Everybody wants to find some scientific thing in the natural world to describe what God's judgment is. It's blood. This is fire with hail. How does it happen? Got no idea. But it's amazing, isn't it? And it's, an, it's amazingly destructive. And what does it do? It says, a third of the trees were burned up, and all green grass was burned up. Now, if you look at that verse, it might be confusing. You got a third of the trees, but then it says, all green grass. So could it be a third of the trees on planet Earth are burned up? Yes. But then could it be all green grass? And by the way, green grass here also means crops. So imagine, let, let's do the first one. Okay, so these are tied together. Are you ready for Pastor Ron's science class? All right, now listen, if you, if, if you got a bad grade, it, it'll prove it here in a minute. How much oxygen does, do we typically have in our atmosphere, roughly? Let's see if anyone can get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Huh? Uh, it's about 21 to 22, 23. If we go any higher than that, the earth burns up. Pretty perky, huh? Means if we get too much oxygen, then things start catching on fire. Now, that'll happen later. <laughs> but we roughly have around 21%. So that's what we're going to call it, 21% oxygen. Do you know where that oxygen comes from? You and I do not make oxygen, right? We, we, when we breathe in oxygen, we exhale carbon dioxide and green trees, your plants, they suck that up. The sun photosynthesis happens, all this chemical that is amazing, right? That if you don't have oxygen in the beginning, you don't have life. So we don't have a big bang. Oh, we have a big bang coming, uh, but... This is a creator who is ordered, and he knows exactly what he did. So, a third of the trees, and then we're going to see a third of the ocean. Let's talk about the ocean, and we'll come back. A third of the living creatures in the ocean died. So, I took this right from a so-called scientific website, (laughs) This is a secular site. Scientists estimate that 50 to 80%, that is a huge uh, degree. I love how science is like that. Uh, We're going to give you this margin of about 30%. Can you guys narrow that up? No. We're professionals. Anyway, scientists estimate that 50 to 80% of the oxygen produced on the earth comes from the ocean. How many of you knew that? Okay. Okay. See, you're learning things at Calvary Chapel, Myrtle Beach. Share this video. The majority of the production is from the oceanic plankton. Now, I already knew this, but I I wanted to double check so that I had all my facts right today. So there there is algae as well as plankton. Anybody know who eats plankton? Whales eat plankton. No, No plankton, no whales. But here's the thing, no plankton... No oxygen. Now, I want to play this out for a minute. 21% oxygen. 
A third of the trees are gone. You know they're always talking about those rainforest Amazon trees? Those are the lungs of the earth. What happens if we got rid of them? Well, now we reduce 21% by one-third. Now we take another third away. Now we're two-thirds of the oxygen away. Now, I did math. No one pull out their phone, and my wife wanted me to make a disclaimer. I am a governmental-educated student and didn't do well in science or math. However, I did use my iPhone as the calculator. So anything is wrong, it's Apple's fault. So what I did was I took 21%, right, did the percentages, and I came to when you take two-thirds away, you're roughly at 14% oxygen. Now think about that for a minute. I then searched up how much oxygen someone needs, because that would be important, would it? At 14%-ish, 14 15%, people start losing mental capacity. That means they start to, like, not only get loopy, but they don't even know what's happening. Imagine if the planet is now reduced in oxygen. We're producing more carbon dioxide. Nothing can scrub the planet out. And I don't know if you know this too, but if you have too much CO2, you too go loopy. Uh, Apollo 13 had this problem when they had a problem with their space capsule on the way to, they had to figure out how to scrub uh, that CO2 out. And they, that, those engineers were amazing. They were able to do that and keep those astronauts alive. So now you've got an entire planet with less oxygen. And I was listening to one pastor and he said, imagine billions of people gasping for air. How many of you ever gasped for air? How many of you have gone on a hike on a mountain that's 14,000 feet in in Denver, Colorado? I have, and then I got altitude sickness. Even though I drank all this water, I had this huge headache, right? And I was still breathing. Now imagine what that's going to be like for billions of people. Remember, the tribulation period, you have to remember, this is not in the United States. This is a global thing that's happening. It is affecting everybody. Now, how long is this going to happen? I have no idea. Could it be very quickly? Boom, these trumpets go off. Because we're right around the three-and-a-half-year period of time. The bold judgments are after the three-and-a-half-year period. Could they just happen one after another? But even if it was for a day, three days, what would that be like not being able to grasp air. We take so much for granted here on planet earth. Anybody think this is going to get anybody's attention? Listen, it's going to get worse in a second. You're thinking, how is that worse? So not only that in verse nine, we have a third of the living. uh, I'm sorry. No, let's do eight. The second angel sounded something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into a sea. So Uh, For our purposes, probably some kind of meteor, some close earth or uh, object that we detect. We know where they are. Some asteroid comes in. But it says a third of the ocean became blood. Now, again, don't think it's some red algae bloom. It's blood. Uh, Now, that's going to King James stinketh. 
but now we've got all those creatures that are dead. We Remember, we've killed off a lot of that plankton and algae that makes oxygen. But not only that, it says a third of the living creatures in the sea die, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Now, I did a quick uh, uh, check. Now, these are, these are some old data, but uh, roughly around 21 to 30,000 ships are on the ocean at any given time. That's a lot. Now imagine 8,000 of those ships gone. Imagine the people who are on those ships because there are employees on those ships. Now those ships are destroyed. Now commerce, oil, food that goes all over. There are countries that have to import almost everything. Japan is one of those nations. There are plenty of nations that depend solely on the ocean. The uh, United States of America does. And so now you've got a third of the trees, the green grass, possibly crops completely wiped out, which will bring hunger. We've got a third of the living creatures gone. We've got ships gone. Now, verse 10, you're like, that was it. That's all we needed. There's more. Then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven. Again, probably a meteor burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of the water. So when it comes in, it breaks apart, and now it's falling on a third of the planet. And again, what I find interesting about these judgments is that they're global. So it's not one area being affected, it's every area that's being affected. This continent over here, this continent, and it goes, it, it disperses all around. Note with me, when it falls from heaven, burning like a torch, it was on a third of the rivers. Now, only 1%, I think it's 1%, yes. I just watched a, see, this is what I do for you people. <laughs> Yesterday, I was watching all these YouTube videos. My wife's like, are you, uh, are you just watching videos? Are you, you actually studying? Mostly, I was studying. No, I was studying, I was watching something on water, and it was specifically on the uh, Delta system in California and the water system and how important that is in that area and the fish and farmers and all that. And people have these ideas of giving water to more fish, but then what do you do with all the farmers? And then if you don't have farms, people don't eat. But that's consequences. And they don't often understand those consequences. But as they were talking about that, I found this fascinating that, that we really can only get to about 1% of the water on planet Earth is for us to, to actually get a hold of. The majority of the water is locked in the ocean and in the ice caps, the polars, and then, if anyone knows this, under where? Underground. There's great aquifers there. And notice this verse because he says on the third of the rivers, and you're thinking, okay, but it, then it says, on the springs of the water, that's the aquifers. How does it get there? Got no idea. So now cities or areas that pump water from the ground. In South Carolina, we pump a lot of water from the ground. We get also, by, uh, by the way, uh, this is just free. In Horry County, we get our water from the Waccamaw River. Um, that's why when you're, you're watering your lawn and the sprinkler goes on to your building, it turns it a beautiful color of red or rust or bleh, brown. 
Those are the minerals and stuff inside of the, the river. But a lot of our water comes from pumps from underground. We get aquifers. So now we've got a third of the trees gone. We've got less oxygen. And now people have, well, less water. So how long can you go without water? At least three days. If, if you're Micah working for the Spartan race, maybe four days. But typically, people need water, yes? So now people are trying to grasp for air, and water is now at a short supply. But I want you to see this. There's so much inside of this third trumpet. It said the star was named Wormwood, or it's bitter. And a third of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died from the water because it was bitter. So could they drink it? Yes. But could some of it then turn around and harm those people? Yes. So not only did we lose a quarter of the people before with wars and plagues and stuff, and now we're seeing more and more people die from the water, but who's also in the water? Fish, animals. So not only did we have the second trumpet take a third of the sea life out, now the third trumpet takes even more out. What does that smell like? What does it taste like? It's bitter, but it also is harming people. It says men died from the water because it was made bitter. Well, then the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon a third of the stars, and so that a third of them were darkened, a third of the day did not shine, likewise that night. So, it is two things. Well, it is either or, or it is one or the other, and it really doesn't matter because we're not here. It could be that the sun is turned down like a dimmer in intensity as well as the moon, or as most commentators believe, that just a third of the day is taken away. So normally, let's just say the sun is shining for 12 hours, you take a third of that away. You take a third of the, the moon away, and you start to darken things on planet Earth. Why? Because Jesus said in John, men love darkness more than light. So God's going to give it to them. In fact, he's going to turn off the sun coming up in the bulge. Just turn it off. Gabriel, hit the switch. Or in, or in South Carolina, we cut it off. So, just turns it off. So it says, a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so, uh, so that a third of them were darkened, and a third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. So, listen, man thinks that he has control over a lot of things, isn't it? If you learn nothing from this chapter, you're learning that man has control of nothing. Listen, the, the climate change is coming, but it, but it is not by man. God is changing the, the climate of this, this earth. And it is simply because of the disobedience of the earth dwellers, as we saw. They rejected Christ and they reject Israel. By the way, just for a second... Israel is um, today taking on a new uh, cabinet, a new minister, and um, I, I don't even know what that's going to look like. 
but we always pray for the peace and the safety of Israel and that the hearts and minds of our Israeli brothers and sisters would come to know Jesus. Listen, they will come to know Jesus, but not now, here during this event. And so, lastly, I heard an angel flying through the midst, verse 13, of heaven saying with a loud voice, woe, woe, woe. Now, anytime three is in the Bible like that, Jesus said this to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, um, it's, it's to get their attention. And so he says to the inhabitants of the earth, because of the remaining blasts of trumpets of the three angels who are about to sound. So the angel says, listen, paraphrase, you haven't seen nothing yet. The worst is, can, we just saw those. We are not even at the bowl judgments, which are going to have boils. We're going to see next week these weirdo helicopter demon things attacking people with scorpion tails, and they torment them for months. That's what's coming. And again, look at verse 13 of, of God's mercy and grace. He says to the earth dwellers, if you would just repent, if you would just come to a saving knowledge of of Christ. Pharaoh, if you would just listen to Moses, this would be done. And then what does he do at the end? He says, let all the firstborn of, of the Jews be killed. And Moses says, hey, now, you, now you blew it because that will be happening to the Egyptians. Man wants to control everything. He wants to control his environment. He wants to control his destination. He wants to control, and ultimately the tribulation period is about, no, I am in control, the Lord God says on the throne. Well, read ahead. I know that was a little shorter. You were thinking, what, no more science? It's coming. Read ahead into chapter 9. It gets and, and again, not for, not for a shock value, but it gets even more frightening what's coming to the earth dwellers. Read ahead, chapter 9. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your grace and your mercy to us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Lord, to be removed before this wrath comes upon this earth. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. Lord, we thank you for the rain. It rains on the just and on the unjust. We thank you for your mercy that's new every morning. We thank you for your love towards us. And Lord, we do pray for the nation of Israel. We pray for the new leadership. We pray, Lord, that you would protect them, that you would give them peace. Lord, thank you for our time now in Jesus' name.